Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Hey guys, how y'all doing? I'm sitting here and I just wanted to talk today. I wanted to talk about hair. Yes, hair, our hair. And talk about and discuss all the things that go around with hair. Something that grows naturally out of our head as Black women. Such a source of contention. Even in my experience. Like those of you who know me or who follow me on Instagram or who see me know that kind of changing my hair up. I decided to let it grow. I don't know how long. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I have no, I don't have no end result, but I did want to explore for me personally, what it would be like to just let my hair naturally do what it does and see And just notice all of my thoughts about it, all of my feelings, all of my emotions about it. The days when I'm like, I don't feel like I look good and why? And notice what I think other people are thinking when they're seeing it. I just want to be open to all of it. Because for me, I just want to share my story of hair my hair story. I just notice like from since I was a little girl, my hair was different texture than my mother's hair, which was a different texture than my grandmother's hair. My hair was for show kinky. My mother didn't know what to do with my hair. She would try to press it But I don't think she understood. She didn't know because she didn't have to press her hair. She didn't know how to even press my hair. And it would like literally shrink back. Y'all know the shrinkage is real, right? It would literally shrink back in a matter of like two hours. I would sweat it out or whatever. Like it just, I wore a fro because my mom didn't even know how to comb my hair. Like she wasn't accustomed to my texture of hair. So I wore a fro all the way up till I was 12. And I got teased about that fro. I looked like a little boy and I thought I was so unattractive because of my hair. Something that grew out of my head wasn't extremely long. I didn't have long pigtails or braids. I didn't get it permed or Pressed. It was just this kinky, beautiful fro on my head until I myself learned how to take care of it. And I started like blow drying it out and getting the curling iron and doing all the things that we do. 
I remember hearing that my grandmother told my mother that when she married her husband, my dad, who had what we call nappy hair, I remember her saying, if you marry a man with nappy hair, y'all, and I love my grandmother, but this is just our truth. Like, this is what we deal with as a culture, right? So I'm not saying this, I'm not hurt by it or abused by it or anything like I've done my work on it. So totally from a clean space, I understand what my grandmother was saying. And we're going to get into that. And I understand what my mother was saying. We'll get into that. But I remember that my grandmother told my mother, if you marry a man with nappy hair, you're going to have kids with nappy hair. Guess what? I was the nappy headed kid in the family. So I always had a lot of shame about my hair. And of course, when I could figure it out when I was 12, because my fro was always like, if I saw pictures, like my school age pictures was always me with a fro lopsided. And everybody else's picture was pictures of them with these long pigtails or braids or perfectly parted because their mothers did something to their hair, put the barrettes on it, all of that. My hair was never long enough to do any of that with. So it was just the fro, just the fro. Notice that, right? But it was how my hair came out of my head. I actually have a before and after picture of me as a little girl. My hair didn't grow till I was like four or five. I was like ball headed till I was like four or five. And so there's a before and after me with this little fuzzy hair. And then a picture of me with a wig on, like when I was like seven months old or something. My hair was always something to be fixed to be improved. And that's the story of most Black women. I'm just sharing my story because I was in a family where I was the only one that had the texture. And so it was like, I don't know what to do with this shit. That's basically what the feeling was. So when everybody else got their hair, you know, the pressing for Easter and all of that, like, or the Shirley Temple curls and all of the stuff that we went through as little girls, I didn't have that because my parents didn't know how to do that. My mother didn't. So I just wore my fro, which meant I was even different in my own culture because everyone else straightened their hair, not through perms, but through pressing. Right. And they couldn't go swimming. All of the stuff like don't sweat too much. Don't go play too much. Don't sweat your hair out like they had all that. I didn't have that because I just wore a fro but yet I was still different within my own community. Now, let's not talk about when we started getting desegregation in 1976 when desegregation came and it was literally getting bus to the white neighborhoods. And then now it was not only my hair within my own community that was different because I was the only one wearing a fro back then. It was my hair within the community at large, meaning white and blacks. And there was this extended pressure to fit in with the more European way, right? So 12 years old, I started learning how to like blow dry my hair and 
curl it with a curling iron and like fix it in a style. And then by high school, like I got it cut into a little where it flipped back. I wore the flip like the little, I can't even remember how it was, but you like curled it all the way through. And then I just would just rake it with my fingers and, you know, but again, it was then it was introducing it to perms and doing all of that and wearing it. And finally I started wearing it long and bouncing and behaving. And then the wrap, y'all remember the wrap, right? Like, oh, I could wear a wrap because my hair perm, thick, luscious hair with a perm. Oh my God would hold a style. That's when I started like, oh, I saw the advantages of the texture of my hair because it was thick, like it would hold the style as opposed to like my mother could never really do anything with her hair. Like she actually had less options than I did. And then I started seeing like, oh, my hair actually has more options. And I started enjoying my hair and understanding like and valuing my hair because Then it was the bouncing and behaving hair. It had the European look and it was thick and I could turn my head and it would like move, right? I wish you could see me doing this right now because I'm literally turning my hair and like moving, right? But then there was the other side of that. Y'all know that side. The every two week or every week washing and blow drying and straightening it and putting all the heat on it and the damage. And oh my God, don't color your hair and with the perm and all of the managing of that, of the, I just got my hair done. I can't have sex tonight. (laughs) Yeah. I can't even get my freak on because I just got my hair done or like, let me lay my hair off the thing. Like, and like, so we don't mess up my hair. Yeah. I'm revealing all of that shit. We talking about all of it. Or, oh my God, it's raining. No, I can't go out. And for sure, I can't go to the pool. And if I do go to the pool, you better not spray any water on me because my hair in its untamed look is not acceptable. What I did was I created a way where my hair was tamed. So therefore it was acceptable. It was more European. It looked more manageable. That's not the way my hair grew out of my head. And it was physically a lot of work. I understand like other cultures, if your hair is curly, I understand now that you guys do the same thing. Like I get it now, right? That it's not totally exclusive to black hair, but I don't think you guys have it to the extent that ours does because even your hair in its curly state is considered acceptable. Ours in our natural natural state has never been considered acceptable. It's never been considered professional. It's never been considered one that I can do a presentation in front of top CEOs with. I have to do something to the way my hair comes out of my head in order to be accepted. That's really heavy, guys. Me as a Black woman, my hair devalues me. You don't see me as beautiful. The world doesn't. There's implicit biases, direct and indirect, against me in my natural way that my hair comes out of my head. And in the way I style it to enhance it, to like use its natural way, like if I cornroll it or if I wear it in twist or if I dread it 
or if I use it in a way that I don't have to put chemicals on the natural way that it comes out of my head, if I style it in a way, part it, braid it, whatever, our natural cultural ways that we treat our hair that allows our hair to be healthy, it's not acceptable for most of America and most of the world. I have to put chemicals on my hair. I have to spend more money on my hair. I have to like get up extra early on my hair. I have to avoid exercise. When I sweat and that sweat moisture mixes with my hair, my hair automatically shrinks up. And if straight is the way, if straight is professional, I cannot go work out before major presentation or before interview or before just showing up for work. One out of three women, black women, does not allow themselves to exercise because of their hair. It is a valid, not as an excuse, it is a valid reason because our work is how we maintain our families. And if you're going to say how I show up at work is perceived as unprofessional because my hair kinks up when I exercise and I can't show up with my hair curly in a way that enhances, in a way that allows me to be who I am and use how my hair works so that I can show up naturally who I am. No, I have to monitor and edit it and like protect the straightness of my hair in order to be considered professional at work. And that is ingrained within us. Chris Rock did a whole thing on good hair. All the shit that we do to be considered good hair, like there was bad hair and good hair in our culture based on the fact that the straighter, more European, the look, the better grade your hair, the better you were, the more beautiful you were. It's even within our own culture. Our own men prefer women with that naturally curly, wavy, straight, long hair. Our own men. So it's a no wonder that studies show that on dating sites, the black woman is the least likely to get picked on profiles by men. Least attractive. The black woman is the least desirable. It's the hair. Once again, the hair. That's not the only reason, but that is one of it. So no wonder we have a huge outgo of monies going towards products, styling, wigs, weaves, everything to create acceptance and belonging. It is a billion dollar business. Products, we spend way more money on it. We have more frequent visits to the beauty shop. I know black women who go to the beauty shop every week and spend tons of money. The Crown Act, let's talk about that. The Crown Act was signed on July the 3rd, 2019. 
The Crown Act was created by the Crown Coalition, and he created a National Crown Day. So it just passed July 3rd. It is a campaign to end hair discrimination in the workplace and in schools with the Black community, because the Black community is the one that faces discrimination by wearing our hair naturally. The Crown Act stands for Creating a Respectable and Open World for Natural Hair. It's a law that prohibits race-based hair discrimination, which is in the denial of employment, educational opportunities because of hair textures or protective hairstyles, including braids, locks, twists, or bantu knots. It's been passed in seven states. Only seven states are you protected by how you naturally wear your hair from work discrimination, educational discriminations. Do you know that there are so many instances where black boys who wear dreads are not allowed to go on graduation? There was a valedictorian who was not allowed to give his speech until he cut his dreads. Discrimination. Our styles in which we use way our hair naturally forms and then we use it for us as opposed to using chemicals to try to get it to create something else, which requires a lot of work and toil and management and I can't exercise and I can't do this and I got to spend all this money. So rather than do that way, culturally, like we'll do a knot or a twist or a lock or a cornrow to manage the way our hair naturally grows out of our head in a way that we can still do all the things that we want to do. You notice that most women, when they're black women, when they go on vacation, braid their hair. Why? Because we just want to take a fucking break from managing our hair. We want to be able to swim and not feel like we look all unkept because our hair, when it comes out the water, is going to be untamed. And our untamed hair is not acceptable. It's not beautiful. So we manage how we show up on vacation. We manage how we go through delivery. I remember purposefully getting my hair braided before delivery of my babies because I wanted a break from managing our hair. Why is this an issue? It shouldn't be. That's what I'm saying. Why do we have to have a state like a law that says the way our hair grows out of our head and the way and styles in which we choose to manage it has to be protected? Why did I, as a little girl, feel like I wasn't beautiful just by wearing my hair the way it naturally comes out of our body, my body? Again, it's another example of why Black women never quite feel enough because her in her natural state, I can't just go work out and put a ponytail on. Ponytail clip because my hair is going to be all over the place and I just like, that's not acceptable. Why not? Who decided what was professional and what wasn't? We believe 
our natural hair and others believe our natural hair is not professional. But remember, beliefs are just thoughts that we have accepted. It doesn't mean that it's true or it's right. It just means that it's accepted. There was a documentary that talked about black hair in the workforce. And there was so much discord. I've read some of the comments. Like it's just, it's distracting. It's not professional. And other cultures believe that so much that they think it's right. A belief doesn't mean it's right. A belief just means it's accepted. And there's a whole group of black women. And I thank God for our millennials. A lot of people talk about our millennials. I love our millennials. I watch them. I watch how they challenge and they say no. And they're leading a movement of fuck it on the hair. Natural hair. I'm going to wear it the way I want to wear it. I'm going to wear it in my natural state. They have embraced it. And I fucking love it. I watched my daughter go through this. My daughter who played basketball, youngest daughter, played basketball. So therefore, she exercised all the time. And I remember we, in order for her to feel accepted and like manage it. And now I know that feeling was because of a thought, not actually the hair, but I get it. Like she wore a weave. This is long weave and it was one way and it worked for her for basketball and she wore it that way. And then through college, she wore braids and then watching her like, you know, I'm not playing basketball anymore. Now she's a coach and watching her choose to learn how to like manage her natural hair in its natural state. And watching me look at her hair and not liking it and then really questioning, what is it that I didn't like? And understanding that that came from those old programming. And why was I choosing to see it as not beautiful? And watching as I challenged it, because at first I was like, you're going to leave your hair like that? That's, that's what you're doing? And then noticing me. And doing my thought work on that. And then noticing the more I challenged it, the more I was like, oh, it's actually beautiful. And now six months later, after working on my own thoughts, I'm actually doing the same thing and allowing my hair to grow and noticing like, oh, I actually think this is kind of cute. And this is actually beautiful and it becomes me. And yes, it's a different look. And what I'm saying is, ladies, just because others have believe it doesn't mean it's true. It just means that that is what we've accepted. That's what we have been taught. And at any moment, we can choose to no longer accept that there's something wrong with the way my hair grows out of my fucking head. I remember when Bo Derek was considered a 10. Now I know some of y'all may be too young to even know who Bo Derek was in the movie 10. But I remember the image of her running down the beach, 
swaying and moving her hair. And she was considered a 10. But she had cornrows in. And all of a sudden, cornrows on a white woman was a thing. And it was sexy. And I remember going, right? But it still wasn't considered sexy for a black woman. And then later, not too recently, I saw Kim Kardashian doing it. She wore cornrows. And I'm like, when we accept our hair the way it is, and I totally understand why my grandmother and my mother didn't understand and wanted my hair to be straight and bouncing and behaving and have a good texture because that meant employment, that meant respectability, that meant considered beauty, that meant marriageability, because all those things in those times meant safety for us. But we don't live in those times anymore. And yes, it was totally true then. Thank God for our ancestors that did all the work, that spent every night pressing and like managing their hair to gain the respectability, to be where we are right now. I don't have to downgrade what my ancestors did and the thoughts that got me here to say, I choose something different now. I get to honor what they did and explore where I want to go with this and tell you, I don't think perm or unpermed or weave or not weave or cornrows or not clown rows or natural or unnatural. I think we as Black women get to do whatever the fuck we want to do with our hair. I don't think one is better than the other. But right now, I just want to play in the area of how it naturally grows out of my hair and how, what I do to keep it manageable. Because once I have to start doing a whole bunch of work to it, I promise you I'm going to stop because that's what I'm not going to do. I know I am not going to go back to spending an hour on fixing my hair every day. No, no, ma'am. Or going back to like having to go back and having people help me with my hair. That I know, but on things that I know I can do to enhance its beauty in its natural state, to keep it healthy in its natural state. And I am the only one that gets to feel, create that beauty for me. And it's my thoughts about me playing around with that. I am loving the process. And I just wanted to have a talk on that because to date, Only seven states, California, New York, New Jersey, and Washington, have signed on the Crown Act. My question is, is why does it even need to be a fucking law in the first place? When are we going to stop telling Black folks that they don't belong When are we going to start showing them in every little way that America is not theirs, that how we are in our natural state is wrong? When are we going to stop saying that our bodies 
are wrong. Our hair is wrong. Our curves is wrong. Our ass is wrong. The way I talk is wrong. The way I dance is wrong. When are we going to stop using the Eurocentric way as a measuring stick in America? I'm not going to wait around for people to tell me I'm belonging. I love Dr. Caritha Mitchells. I hope I said that right. Y'all know I will butcher a word in a minute, minute. But I hope Dr. Mitchell's view of homegrown citizenship. I love that idea. We are citizens. We give ourselves citizenship in this country. We give ourselves our own belonging in this country. Kinky, nappy, wide lips, big lips, broad nose, loud, cultural, everything. I belong. I don't need a legislation to tell me my hair is perfect the way it is. I'm deciding that. And yes, are there ways that we have to manipulate and maneuver through this as corporate women? I understand that. I understand that everybody isn't a life coach with their own business. I get that. But what I'm saying is you get to create that belonging inside out, not outside in. That's our job. Black women, the way you are naturally is fucking beautiful. With tears in my eyes, you are beautiful. Your crown is beautiful. You are amazing. That's all I got. We're going to have a discussion on this for sure. Check out the schedule of masterclasses so that we can discuss this, discuss belonging, discussing how we want to show up as Black women, how we want to recognize our beauty, how we want to create our belonging, because that's our job. No one else's. Go to BrickJohnson.com. The link is there for the masterclasses. And until next time, I love you guys. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to BrickJohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. BrickJohnson.com. B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.